Welcome to the Dangerous Leader Podcast, where we talk about leading authentically in a world that expects you to conform. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Murphy. Now, what leaders don't do is sit in a room alone and figure it out. Not all the time, anyway. So today, we are going to talk with Cat Control. Now, Kat is the founder, owner, chief guru at The Heart Agency, which focuses on connecting men and women with who they are so that they can actually connect with others. And today she's going to talk about her story of that journey really for herself and how she works with people to empower them to make those connections in a really meaningful way. Really enjoyed this conversation with her, as I have all the conversations I've had with her over the last couple of weeks, because really we just connected a couple of weeks ago and already she's one of my favorite people and I would absolutely count her as a friend. She's that good at connecting. But before we dig into today's session, I need to give credit to the amazing team at LAS Media Group, who produce and distribute this podcast from right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Now, if you want free, ad-free episodes of The Dangerous Leader, bonus content, and much more, then consider subscribing to LAS Plus. All you have to do is go to lasmediagroup.com slash plus to get started. Now, enough from me. Let's get into it with Cat Control. Well, welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you. It has been so, I feel like you and I have just really been getting to know each other over the last few weeks we and have. it's been amazing. Yes. You came on the One Lane Cup stage and I, I mean, let's be honest, I'd always been aware of the work you were doing mm-hmm. and thinking, God, I feel like I should know this person. How do I do it without coming off like a creepy stalker? <laughs> Like, and then I think, (laughs) like, Joe Miller, she kind of matched us together as part of the Coaches and Consultants group, which was great. And I think we met for roughly 30 seconds at Black Sheep that night, right? We did. And then you came to the One Million Cup stage, and I was just like, oh, we have so much in common. I definitely want to know this person. How do we do it? And it's just kind of evolved from there, which has been amazing. It has been. So... And I love this new venture that you're going into, and I definitely want to talk about that. Oh, but I thanks. also want to talk about um, what one of the things I've admired about the work you're doing is there's this thread of just empowerment and authenticity yes. with it. Yes. So I kind of want to start with how did you get inspired to focus there in all the work that you've done over your journey? I would say it happened organically Mm. so when we talk about being an entrepreneur you know we talk about having core values we talk about being having a mission statement Mm -hmm. and I had gone through my own personal journey of finding my own empowerment within myself without having the means of really necessarily support any kind of support in that journey figuring things slowly on my own to where it got me to a point to where I felt that I was becoming the best version of myself mm-hmm. and part of that was paying attention to who I was what I was running away from addressing those addressing you know when those triggers happen and 
dance, this whole journey with me started when I went through my thirties of really just trying to figure out who I was. Yeah. I had gone through a very traumatic divorce. Mm. Uh, it was, and I wasn't from Iowa (laughs) and I just moved here and I found myself a year later divorced, living in a tiny two bedroom apartment in Vinton, Iowa. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just divorced my husband that I had been with since I was 19. Mm. So it, when life happens, it's interesting because I was just having a conversation with my son about this. So my son is going to be 24 and he, he lives on his own. He lives out in Longmont, uh, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. I yeah. was like, where is that? I know. Where that yeah. Is. Colorado. Yeah. And he was talking about how, when you're living on your own, how it's really up to you to get yourself up to go grocery shopping to like, <laughs> you have nobody else there. So you have to find the power from within. Also, you're not going to survive. Now that's a little dramatic, but I felt that in that time of grief and despair and it felt like that, how was I going to possibly get out of this rut that I was in, Mm. that there really was the only, the only person to really pull myself out of it was myself. And fast forward, falling back in love with dance again and realizing that being able to give people a space to come in and to express themselves. Now, did I have a mission statement when I opened up, when I opened it up? No, of course not. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, didn't have a mission statement. All I knew is that I wanted to open up a place to find more people like myself. Yeah. So, I mean, really that was your mission though. Right. At that point. Right. Right. So it's, I think that's one of the ways that we, men, women, entrepreneurs, business leaders, it's almost agnostic. Yes. The way that we can get in our own way is I need to have it all figured out before I can start. And I had a coach tell me one time and it was, it was one of those things that just, well, I've had a few coaches tell me a few things. One was pull your head out of your ass. And that like felt very authentic as well. Yes. But another piece of advice I got was, um, Hey, just take a sloppy step forward. And I think that comes from Rhonda Byrne originally, mm. who is, you know, kind of a personal development kind of guru person. But, you know, and the story she was telling was how she had gone to do this speaking engagement, this this coach of mine, and she fell on the way in. Oh, gosh. And so she had bloody knees and nylon, you know, her nylons were torn. Yeah. She's getting up on stage in front of all these people. And she's just like, oh, my God. And she said what she's like, the words that came in my head was just just take it, it, take that sloppy step forward. Who cares? Just go in there and do your thing. And I I do. I love the way you just described that because it was just like, this helped me. I want to create a space. This can help other people. Right. That's my mission. That's right. That's where I started. (laughs) (laughs) And how many people just like they have that fire and that drive and like, oh, but I can't. Right. Because Kat had it all figured out when she started her studio. Look at her. How could I can't do that. Right. And that's, I think that's a great secret that we all carry around is we don't know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) We're just doing it. And we kind of still don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we get, it's, I call it, the way I describe it is we're all in a, not to sound all about like the matrix, but (laughs) it's, it's assimilation in a way. Mm -hmm. And as we, we continuously have to level up and beat the boss. Right. When I think of the barrio, like I think of 
back in the 80s when we used to play Mario. Oh gosh, yeah. And we used to have to battle the big bosses and it took us forever to battle that boss. And then the once we battled that boss and we were able to win and get to the next level, I feel like that as an entrepreneur, that's what we're doing. And sometimes that big boss is ourselves. Yes. Right? Where we're having to address whatever that is, however we're getting in our own way and being able to overcome that. But the, and I think too, it's important to not get too comfortable either. And I always say this, and I think you and I kind of had this discussion where when you're an entrepreneur, truly the best mindset to have, even though yes, strategically, should you have things planned out? Yes, 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 all of that. But in order, I feel like in order to be truly successful, you have to go with the flow and listen because you can put your, you can like stomp, you know, stomp the pavement and being like, this is what I want and this is what I want it to be. But at the end, what we're doing as entrepreneurs is serving and we have to listen to what they want us, what they need from us. And sometimes it's not what we think that they want. Yes, exactly. Which exactly. comes the empowerment piece that I never thought that I was going to end up falling into but that's what happened yeah yeah Yeah, so it's it's crazy to me because I you know I think I shared this with you the other day when we had coffee I was like I'm one of those people that like will sit alone in my home and be like I don't why don't I have any friends right like right like in the dating world yeah you know so weird I don't have any dates yeah why aren't I dating like I'm (laughs) I'm sitting here I'm gorgeous I'm smart I'm this I'm that I'm like right here on my couch right (laughs) that's right and that's I think I I have fallen prey to that as a as an entrepreneur as a thinker as someone who wants to be contributing to the world as well Mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh my God, I have this idea. Let me sit on my computer by myself and just type it all up and brainstorm. And then I'll just like throw it out there. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows about it. Nobody said they need it. Nobody said, but sh- like, I felt it's a great idea I had. You know, we don't go and we don't talk to people and have conversations and build relationships that help feed that idea. Yes. And I, like, I have, that has been one of my biggest lessons learned over the last probably decade, quite honestly, is that I have to ha- allow other people to be in my life on both of our terms, not just mine, right? not just theirs, right? both of our terms. Yes. And to me, that's been what empowerment has started to look like for me. Yes. So how did this thread of empowerment emerge as you started dancing and you started mm-hmm. building your studio and mm-hmm. this, it became on, like I would hear people talk about the work they were doing with you and it was almost, gosh, what's even the right word? Like with reverence, mm. if that's, I think that's the right word. Yeah. Was, I'm, I'm doing this or my friend did this or God, I never thought I would, but it was amazing. Right. You know, how did, how did that start to really just, I think probably like, build on itself. Yeah. If that's fair, how did that start to really emerge as a a main focus? Well, it was, so it kind of started to fall together, kind of put the pieces together. I had been in business for a year and I had been teaching and we, I had put on this big, huge show Mm -hmm. in my community and it was, it was something that it started the journey of really what I was trying to do, or I didn't really realize what I was doing until my partner came into my life. Mm. 
And because I'd been single, I'd been single pretty much throughout my 30s, and I had started to date uh, my partner now. And he sat me down and said, yeah, you're a dance teacher, but what are you really doing? And I'm like, I'm teaching how to dance. He's like, no, what are you doing for these people? Like, what are you truly, what are they walking away from or walking away with when they, after they're <laughs> and done? And maybe walking and away from, from that's a fair, that too. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair observation Little as well. slip there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, you're empowering them. And it's really, they're empowering themselves, but you're giving them a space to be themselves, to be vulnerable. Cause there's nothing that's more vulnerable than learning something that you've never done before. Yeah. Or relearning if you've tried. Or relearning. And all of a sudden that's you're right. in a different body because you're right. older now. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. <laughs> and so when you give people a safe place to be themselves, to be comfortable in their own skin, the vulnerability starts to open and the connection starts to happen. And that's what was happening was these women were dancing and they were like, they started dressing differently. They started holding themselves differently. They started talking about themselves differently. Mm -hmm. They started looking at their lives differently all because they were given the permission to embrace who they are mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And that's empowering. Not who am I, you know, not after I lose 15 pounds, not after this happens or this happens, but today you can come into these doors and you can, and there's something about moving your body, right? So the, when you move your body, the dopamine and the endorphins are going and it just makes you naturally feel better. So you already have that component that's happening, but then you have a support system like myself where I was I wouldn't, women would walk into the door and I would say, would start criticizing themselves. Mm. No. So I, there was a few rules. One of them is I don't want to hear that. Like you're not going to come in and put yourself down. That's the right kind of zero tolerance to have. Yes. <clears throat> so it's no, you couldn't put yourself down, nor could you put down any other woman that's in that room because we're all, you know, every woman is on her own journey and we're here to support each other, not tear each other up, which there's enough of that that happens. When I first started um, really diving into the study of leadership, yes. one of the things that really stood out to me, I, so first of all, I went into the study of leadership just dead set against studying women in leadership. Like I Is really it, did, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and the reason for that was I was like, I'm so sick and tired of being treated differently because uh -huh. I'm a woman. Right. And, you know, I'm so tired of this conversation. I'm just over it. And so, yeah. you know, I'm like three, four chapters into my first, you know, class. And I'm and then the chapter on gender leadership shows up and I'm like reading through it. And I'm like, well, shoot, this is like, this is all still super relevant. Yeah. And it's in my life. And it's actually the thing I want to solve. God mm. dang it. Like, oh, fine. I'm studying gender leadership, you know? So I went into this whole idea, just <laughs> kicking and screaming. And then I was like, well, now, and so I had, what I had to do is get past a whole bunch of just preconceived notions, yeah. a whole bunch of kind of contempt before investigation thinking. Yes. And I had to push through that. And what one of the profound things that stuck out to me as part of this and was part of even my journey in being a coach was mm -hmm. 
I don't want to work with just women. I feel like that's unfair. I feel like that's limiting, you know, all of these ideas. Right. But what the research says about this is when you can put groups of women together and women only fill in the blank development, leadership development, empowerment development, body image, you know, anything. You can right. put women together in groups. They are going to exponentially grow mm. in contrast to putting women in groups with men mm. and doing this kind of work. Right. Because what tends to happen is you get dominant narratives. You get dominant ideas. You get dominant voices. I mean, let's face it. The research has proven again and again that men are more likely to speak up in right. groups right. than women are. And then women feel this need to conform so that they can be part of the group. And it becomes this in incredible, crazy, defeating process when it was presented as here's a way to develop. Right. Yeah, but I'm not developing in a way that's authentic to how I need to lead, how I need to live as a person, how I need to view myself. And so that all of that research started to combine. And then a couple months ago, I was in Des Moines and I was presenting as part of an entrepreneurial conference. And it was myself and another woman talking about basically women and entrepreneurship in the state of Iowa. And I said, how many women in here believe that women's only entrepreneurship programs are important? Not a single woman in the room raised their hand. And so I got to talk about why. Wow. And then, you know, we kind of had that conversation again. And then people raised their hand, men and women. Mm. Because I was just, you all, like, there is, there's reason for it. It's not intended to be exclusionary or special or treat you like you're different. We're trying to get you entered to the conversation. Right. And I love what you said about the work you were doing being, you know, and the, and the boss being not necessarily someone external, but internal. Right. And to me, that's what women's only programs, regardless of the nature of them, allow us to do. Right. Is defeat our internal boss so that when somebody outside of us tries to get at us, it's like, eh, screw you. Right. And we're, that's, that's not where we're going with all of this. Yes. So <clears throat> I, I, I think that that journey, what... If you can, yeah. What are what are a couple of the the juicy tidbits around that empowerment journey that people had that you saw that you were just like this this was incredible. <sighs> if any come to mind, <laughs> so when I think one of I felt that one of my goals was to really help her see her potential. So it starts off. It's it would start off with. I always used to say dancing was just a tool. Mm. But once I got her into my grasp, I was able to coach her. I was able to guide her and help her see what I saw. That was always my thing. I'm like, I my my goal is to help you see yourself the way that I see you. And I, with the push of a business coach, I took this empowerment to a new level. I wanted these women to see really their true potential. And so that's when I started taking women on these amazing adventures and taking women to Paris, London, Turks and Caicos, Ireland, taking them out of their element and giving them the permission because a lot of these women were always afraid to do something like this for themselves. So self-investment was always a huge it's very difficult. I think it's way more difficult for women to invest in themselves than men. Just my 
my observation. Oh, I, yeah, I've experienced that as well. Yeah. It's it's so much easier for men to say, sure, I'll pay your fee for coaching. Here's exactly. my card. Whereas right. women are like, ooh, I need to buy the kids clothes. And I exactly. Need to do, and I need to, yeah, it's we deprioritize ourselves so easily. <clears throat> and so the trips, these these international retreats were helping women, empowering them on completely new levels that were life-changing and I would watch them change like right before my very eyes where because of this trip now she's looking at her life differently she's looking at well if this whole world is like your oyster not to sound so cliche (laughs) but it's true (laughs) it is it's you again it's that inner boss it's you gets getting in your own way so let me help you let me show you what you're capable of let me show you what's out there it's much bigger than Cedar Rapids Iowa Oh yeah. And a lot of these women never had a passport, never had been on an airplane. And so just allowing and giving, uh, having this experience available to these women, it changed my life. Right. And it changed how I viewed my work and what I was doing. And it absolutely changed theirs as well. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I often encourage people to get out of their normal spaces yes. and you like put that on steroids I did. to take them like, <laughs> well, yeah. And it wasn't just like hopping on a plane. I, tr- these women got luxurious experiences yeah. from making their own perfume in Paris in a million dollar apartment oh with the gosh. view of the Eiffel Tower Oof. to um, going on a bar crawl in Dublin, Ireland and listening to the, the old pub music in the oh. corner, just amazing life-changing situations and experiences to where it makes her look at her own life in a much bigger, better, more exciting way. Yeah. 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 Sorry, trying to find words. It it kind of gets me choked up, choked no, up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and I think it should because that is <clears throat> that's such a pivotal, powerful, revolutionary. Like I, I revolutionary, not even evolutionary. Like it's a whole change in perspective. And you, you made me think of. Um, it was like three. I was in Paris. It was like three a.m. and I was talking to my coach one night and. It turned out to be my last business trip that I did for my corporate employer. Mm -hmm. And that was the night that she was like, I feel like you don't need me for a while. Oh, And I was like, I think you're right. That's a good coach. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, she was amazing. Yeah. She was just like, I I feel like you are ready to go and live your life on Mm -hmm. your terms for a while. And I remember it just... I had had what you're describing. I had been all over the world by that point. I mean, I had done two, you know, kind of combat, quote unquote, deployments with the military. That was a whole other perspective to get in the world. But then also being able to travel in style through my work and see all these different places and go on little mini adventures while I was in these places. I think it does change your perspective, you know, and, and I had the luxury too of kind of being from California, living all over the state, seeing all these different things and going, world is big. You know, yeah, and then I love that you're able to do that right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because this is no criticism on people in Iowa, but we, we, I, I've observed this in myself. I can get very focused on where I am. Yes, which I don't think in and of itself is a bad thing, but it becomes easy to start to see where you are as the center of your world. And Cedar Rapids is a fantastic place, hundred percent, but it's yeah. not the world, right? You know, and so getting out there and being able to see yourself in a different place. Yes. Is beautiful. Yeah. 
I want to go back because you talked about these trips and I know you're, you're looking at these trips as well as part of your current endeavor. Yes. Um, but I want to go back for a second to the exchange you had with your partner. Yes. Because I, I've had that kind of experience being with a partner that doesn't support and is tragic and is horrible and feels just gross all the time. Yeah. Um, to being with a partner who's like, I don't even need to tell you you're doing a good job. You're so amazing. Right. Like, I mean, that opposite extreme. Yeah. So what <clears throat> that difference, that knowing you've got that person in your corner, mm-hmm. how does that influence the way you feel about yourself and the work you're doing today? And how, secondary to that, did that encourage you to go into the, the line of work you're in? It's, it's interesting because when you're in something – when you're in the muck, when you're, you know, it feels like you're in quicksand and it's up to your knees and you're trying to find that branch. It can be really difficult to see, to be able to find the way to get out of these situations. And when I was, when I was in the quicksand, I felt like in in my thirties, I didn't understand why I was going, what I was going, what, why I was going through this. (laughs) And just like most singles, you sit back and you're like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not able to find a partner? Right. And it literally was a hands up in the air because I was getting pressure from my from my family that I was getting older, you're not getting any younger, and your kids need a role model. And mm. I was getting pressure from my family. Because to find somehow someone. you as a single woman are not enough as a role model. I mean right. we that's a whole other that's podcast. A whole other we podcast. Get to unpack, <clears throat> but yes. I did just want to reinforce that for a yeah. second. Yeah. And the only reason I did, and then I want to get back to the the story is because I think that we do that at work too. Absolutely. That idea that, oh my gosh, why didn't I get promoted? Right. Why didn't I get that trip? Why didn't I get that customer or that right. product? And and it becomes I'm not good enough versus externally they're just not getting it. Yeah, you know it's we be we start to introduce self hatred, which is dangerous. Mm. So I think back to back to where you are. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so when I so I I mean I went through so much of dating. Mm. <laughs> so many y'all she is so ringing her, she's wringing her hands and shaking <laughs> <Yeah>. her head <laughs> oh. um all the dates and uh it's when I threw my hands up in the air and I was able to get myself out of that quicksand I was able to to pull that branch understanding it was within myself right and getting myself out and that's what prompted me to start my own business was because I knew that there were, I needed, I wanted something more for myself and it didn't have to be a relationship. And we get more pressure of that in the Midwest, I think, than they get on the East and West coast. Uh, but I wanted to prove something to single women too, that you can do this. Mm. And, you know, when I started my business, I was a, I have a single mom at two teenagers at home. I was working a full-time corporate job and then I was running my business at night. Mm. And when I met Brian, he changed everything for me in ways that I would have never imagined. Meaning he saw me like the, what the, what I was doing for women, Mm. he was doing for me. Like it was, I know that's, Oh, that is so powerful. Yes. 
And I always tell, I always told him that if I met him two years young, two, you know, two years before that, I don't think I would have said yes because <clears throat> I didn't think I deserved that. Right. I had to go through what figuring out what is it that I deserved and what is it that I really wanted in my life as a partner, not what I wanted on paper or having the type of person, but truly a true partnership. What is it that I deserved in my, and who did I deserve to have? And you and I have had these conversations. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he saw this, all of this potential inside of me that I couldn't see because it was chaos at that time, yeah. right? I'm a single mom, I'm raising two kids, I'm trying to help them, and I have this growing studio and I have this corporate job. And women in the studio used, to, the way that he looked at me, mm-hmm. the way that he respected me and honored me, I had never experienced anything like that before with anything, yeah. any, any man. Yeah. And, and I think it's because I never thought that I deserved it. And so the women of the studio used to say, where do I get one of those? <laughs> yes. Well, I've got them stacked up like cordwood. In the I back. Know. <laughs> when you're ready, I'll hand you one. <laughs> Like, where do I get one of those? I want to find one of those. Like, how did you, like, it was this, people used to, the women in the studio said, I want a Brian. That's what they used to say. Yeah. And so then women started approaching and I, I, I started organically teaching within the studio. And so I was running the studio and I quit my corporate job and I was running the studio and I was coaching. So I was doing both of those things at the same time because they really were one and the same. Right. And it, Brian was the one who pushed me every time. He's like you need to develop a coaching program. You need to do this. Like he saw so much inside of me and I would have women approach me being like, can you help me? Like, why aren't you just a dating coach? Can you help me? Or, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I pushed it away for so many years. Yeah. Yeah, So many years. Um, but he, that whole experience of being in the quicksand and pulling myself out and, and figuring out what it, what, what I wanted in a partner Mm -hmm. And being able to attract and bring Brian into my life was, why would I not teach people that secret? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's what you're doing now. Yeah. Right. So now you've started the heart, the heart agency, the heart agency. I keep keep thinking about it as the agency. It is the agency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, I call it the agency because it just sounds. Yeah. I think it awesome. sounds so, it does. It, it sounds does. so like, it reminds me of, um, oh gosh, what is that movie where they're the spies, but you go into like a men's suit? Oh, um, um what's that show called? Oh gosh. That Either movie. way. I'm sure everybody I'm sure will know about Channing Tatum plays this crazy cowboy, like killer yeah. guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Kings, uh, Kingsman. Oh, Kingsman. yes. Kingsman. Yes. Kingsman. Yes. I knew we'd get there. Oh, that's such a um, good, yeah. I so, like that so movie, entertaining. Yeah. So yeah, good. Totally. Um, but that's kind of what it, it always reminds me of when yes. I hear the, the name. Yeah. So <clears throat> you ended up kind of going through this really hard time. I did. Where you had to close the studio. I did. Because of the God blessed pandemic. Yes. But you made wine out of water. <laughs> I did. You're so right. So, you know, it's, I think it, it's so, like, it's so hard to, to think about those just terrible, tragic things that happen to us. And yes. we give up this piece of ourselves that we have built. And now it is, um, but it birthed 
this whole beautiful thing. It did. And if I go to that analogy you were using of quicksand, the thing that immediately pulled up in my head was the image of a lotus. Because a lotus is so beautiful and so gorgeous floating on the top of a water. But it's got its roots in the the grossest part of any body of water that it springs from. And so I think a lot about just this... What happened to you over the past two years? What happened to you? That sounds so victim-y. That's not what I mean. What yeah. you allowed to evolve as right. a result of something I think of as this kind of journey of a lotus, yes. right? And, and it's maybe that's corny and you can call me out for it, listeners, but yeah. I do. I think of it that way because you are the, you've got this beautiful thing that is emerging and flowering yeah. and doing amazing things. Kind of next to this other beautiful thing that had to sink down to create right. the matter that feeds this beautiful right. thing, right? Oh, so you're saying it so beautifully. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. yeah. So there's I, I'm great at metaphors. When you I are. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Um, the other day, my uh, boyfriend and I were doing couples therapy, and she made some reference to a flower, and I was and Daryl goes, "Yes, you're my rose," and I was like, "Yeah," and you're the caterpillar in that ugly cocoon, like attached to my stem. <laughs> And he's like, I am. Like, and it was just like, it was super thematic oh of our conversation. Not at all a slam on my my partner. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. But it was just kind of one of those funny things. Yes. Um, but, you know, I and, and I don't want to like drag it all back up. But that no, kind of that turning point, yeah. I would love for you to talk about. And then tell me, tell me about the agency and yeah. what's coming up. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I it did. It changed my life mm-hmm. um, on so many different levels. And for those that are that are aware of the Enneagram, so I'm an Enneagram 2, mm-hmm. which means just I'm an empath ball of, you know, yes. it's my, what makes me a great coach. If you, you know, if you cry, I'm going to cry with you. That's just, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, but the, for me, the, the hardest thing was once everything shut down and trying to figure out how am I going to help in this time and how am I going to help myself Mm -hmm. get through this really difficult time because it was an identity my what I had built everything was that was my identity Mm -hmm. and I hate to use this as a metaphor but I had when the pandemic happened I had bright teal hair, huge rainbow. I had this huge undercut. And so as the pandemic was going on, all of these colors were washing out of my hair Mm. and my hair was growing out and I had closed the studio and it was like, I really was going through this rising from the ashes experience. And again, as an entrepreneur, you listen. And I had full force went into empowerment coaching, right? So I was, I was helping people in the pandemic. I developed this program that I called the 21 day challenge where it was helping women get out of bed. It was helping because in this time of the pandemic, so many people were just not knowing, not even getting out of bed. And so I wanted to help on any level. Yeah. Adulting um, got really hard. It did. It did. Yeah. Super hard. And so I was developing this, this new program cause I'm a creator. That's what we do. We just like, okay, we see a need and then we create. And then from the 21 day challenge, I started getting, taking one-on-one clients and uh, working with them. And I never thought that I would ever work with one-on-one. And I, in November of 2020, this woman who had been a part of my studio I saw everything, have me go through all this. She came to me and she said, 
she was single and she was like, I want to find love, Kat. And I know you know how to find it because you have it. I want what you have. Mm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to help you date? She's like, yes. Huh. And I was like, okay. And I started working with her and I just immediately fell in love with this. Yeah. Where I always felt like something was missing in the work that I was doing. There was this connection component that I was like trying to figure out and working with her. I was, I was help. I was empowering her, but I was helping her see what she was capable of and what partners she was attracting, what partners, you know, what was a red flag and just really helping her navigate through her dating life. And I was, it just a light bulb went off where I was like, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So then instead of helping all women with all things, I was like, I'm just going to help women with dating. Yeah. And so I niche down, but something still was missing. And it wasn't until I did my game show. Mm. So I did a live dating game show here in Cedar Rapids in March, but I put it out to the universe November of 21. So I, I had niched down in April of 21 to just working with women and dating. But November of 21, I, I went, I was missing because I was a performer. <laughs> yes. I'm naturally a performer. That's yes. who I am. And I was kind of running away from that part of myself. Right. I was like, well, this part's done. But what yeah. ended up happening is I was creating reels on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because people were like, are you an actress? And I'm like, I, Maybe I am. <laughs> and y'all need to check out these reels because I'm like, fabulous. <laughs> there was like this missing piece and I started making these reels and people are like, why are you not doing more of this? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, dating, talk about an incredible topic to be creating thing, <laughs> yes. content around. Uh, and plus I had this whole like catalog of like crap that I had been through that I can, you know, this inventory of stuff that I had been through myself. And so I pitched the, the game show and I was like, who's putting on the game show? Mm -hmm. And I'd watched every dating reality show throughout the pandemic. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, poor man. Uh, and he, he was the one, again, he's my biggest cheerleader. He's like, why aren't you doing this? You can do this. Mm -hmm. So I was missing the stage and I, and I proposed it to TCR and I was like, okay, who's putting this on? Okay, Kat Cantrell, since I'd been through this whole identity thing, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Not really. And I'm like, I think the agency is putting it on. And I, cause I had this idea and I was brainstorming with a colleague of mine. I'm like, you know what? I think I want to start a business. I think I'm just going to call it the agency. Doesn't that sound sexy? And she was like, <laughs> yeah. So not even thinking again, not having anything planned out. <laughs> you just throw it out there and you're like, it's the agency. And everyone's like, what's the agency? I'm like, well, Good question. Um, <laughs> well, dating coaching for sure and yeah. matchmaking. Cause I said matchmaking because I was going to be matching people on stage. Yeah. Not thinking that that's what was going to end up happening. Yes. And again, listening. And so I put it out there and what ended up happening is that I was like, nope, women only. I'm only helping women, men. But they need a partner. Yes. There's yeah. another part of this equation. Yeah. yeah. So men started approaching me and being like, I don't want to be on the game show, but I need your help. Sure. I want to find love. Yeah. Uh, I want, are you, I'm interested in your matchmaking yeah. services. And so I was like, is there a matchmaker in Cedar Rapids? Yeah. No. And there's not. Yes. Waterloo, Iowa City, yeah. Dubuque. Yeah. Nowhere. 
And so I was like, again, listening, there's a need for my community. People truly want to find love. And so then I officially opened the agency in January. Yeah. And then I had my very first singles mixer in February. Yeah. And I had just nobody knowing what the agency is, just sticking it out there. And I had, I think I had nine singles there. And I was so excited. I had nine singles at my first event. And I sat there and cried. And I was like, this, it's the studio, but in a different version. I'm creating safe places for people to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to be yourself and be vulnerable, that's where connection happens. And so it's not necessarily the connection they're having with themselves, but now I'm helping people connect with one another. Yeah. 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 And so that's where I'm at now. Yeah. And part of that I think is just from understanding a little bit about your work is them connecting with themselves as well. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think if there's anything I've learned about all my relationships is that if I'm not in a place where I know what I want and mm-hmm. what I, what's going on with me, this other person is not going to figure it out for me. Right. <laughs> so. and, I, I, and I think for most matchmakers, they start off as a matchmaker and then they go into coaching Yeah, where I have the leg up because I've been coaching for a decade. Yeah. And so I'm able to use all of that experience as a matchmaker and help them see what is it that they're really looking for within themselves? Yeah. And once they're able to have that missing piece, if it's the, if, if it's there. I mean, most most of the time, sometimes, not most of the time, sometimes they're, they don't necessarily need that work. But I think the more awareness that they have of really what they're seeking, then that makes me a better matchmaker because I'm able mm-hmm. to see truly what it is that they want. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I think this whole idea, I, in fact, the other day I was, (laughs) she, Kat had shared an event at 1 million cups, um, which is every Wednesday at 9am. Come see us. But there was, (laughs) please, please. But there was, you said something about an event (laughs) and I was just like, oh my God, that sounds so much fun. I wish I was single just so I could go. Yes. And of course my friend David stands up and is like, I'm pretty sure there's a guy in Texas that would not appreciate (laughs) that. And there is. And I told him about it later and he thought it was funny, but, um, yeah, but I do, I think you are doing some amazing events that allow people to step into an experience where they can connect Yes, and then step back out of that and decide like, how do I continue to engage? And I think that's what those kinds of things are needed in this town, this Mm -hmm. area, Eastern Iowa, the world, like all of it are needed. And you have such a rich connection with that idea. Like what I love about the way you're approaching this is it's not, I'm here to build a business and be a mega whatever. Right. I'm here to help people. Yeah. And that is, I believe, what will make you a successful woman leader, a successful matchmaker, a successful human. You're amazing. I love talking with you. And we need to wrap up. Oh, darn it. See? Yeah. All right. So last thing I'm going to ask you, if you were going to give people a piece of advice on feeling empowered, regardless Mm. of where they're trying to direct that energy, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them? If they want to feel empowered, mm-hmm. that's a good question. I would say if you don't know where to begin, sit down and write down, go back to when you were in high school. Mm. The things that brought you joy back then, sit down and write those things out. 
if you're able to do one of those things now, do it. Yeah. Because when we go back to our roots, when we go back to high school before life really truly happens to us, and some people in high school, they didn't do anything like, but we all had something that got us out of bed every day. Right. And it made us feel empowered then. So if you don't know where to start, I would start there. And then it will slowly start to snowball into other things. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I had such a great time talking with Kat today, and I hope that you all learned some things and took away some things about how to connect on deeper levels in your own life and how to just really feel empowered in your daily living. Now, you can find more about the resources we talked about on my blog at DangerousLeader.com. And I would love it if you would connect with me on Instagram at Murphy Muses. And if you need a draw for that, I promise you lots of really cute dog pictures. One more time, I have to thank the people at LAS Media Group who produce and distribute this podcast for me right here in Eastern Iowa. For more on that, go to LASMediaGroup.com. Now, I live by the motto of live dangerously, be you. And I hope that you'll go out there and figure out what that means for you today.